Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. I'm your host, Greg Goins, and my special guest in this episode is Dr. David Guerin, one of the nation's top high school principals from the state of Missouri. Dr. Guerin is the principal at Bolivar High School, a national blue ribbon school. He was named a national digital principal by the National Association of Secondary School Principals in 2017, and he's the author of Future Driven, Will Your Students Thrive in an Unpredictable World. Had a great conversation with Dr. Guerin in this episode, and if you want to learn from one of the very best, sit back and enjoy this episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. My guest today is an outstanding high school principal from the state of Missouri, Dr. David Guerin. Welcome to the show. Hey, Greg, thanks so much for uh, having me. I'm glad to be here today. How are things in Missouri? I guess you just finished up another exciting school year. What are some of the high points from the school year you can share with our listeners? We did. It was uh, it was a good school year. Um, one of the best. I tell people that uh, um, they just keep getting better. Um, I'm excited about the direction that our school's heading and uh, just the the passion and the culture and the the uh, celebrations that we have, and we're looking forward to next year. We've got a lot of exciting projects underway. We may be taking on too many projects. Uh, sometimes <laughs> you can get too many things going on, but uh, but hey, we don't want to be uh, we don't want to be uh, stuck, and we want to keep moving and keep trying to create better opportunities for kids. And I know you've had a lot of success in your position there and throughout your career. Uh, you were named a 2017 Digital Principal of the Year by the National Association of Secondary School Principals. We talk a lot about digital leadership. What does that look like in your school district? Well, I think the first thing with digital leadership is just recognizing how the world's changing and becoming increasingly digital and for our kids to be prepared for, um, to have the uh, opportunities uh, that, that they're gonna be able to have, they're gonna need to have those skills. And so it's important for us to uh, model that and it starts with the the principal administrator has to show the way too. I think sometimes um, we're doing things but we expect others to do that but we can't do you know we, we want to make sure that um, as a principal that I'm modeling that digital leadership and always trying to learn and grow in that area because today in our world uh, you know to be a a uh, digital learner um, is being an effective learner, uh, at least in part. Um, you really have to be able to use uh, digital tools to leverage your learning. And, you know, I always like talking with high school principals because digital leadership looks different at different, uh, different grade levels. Uh, obviously, at the elementary school level, maybe your, your focus is more on digital citizenship and teaching those basic skills. But as you're working with high school kids, how does that kind of change your thought process as you continue to introduce them to not only being responsible online, but, you know, using um, digital tools as a learning platform. At some point, if your students haven't already, they're probably going to take online courses. 
you know, how do you prepare them for those kind of things? Mm-hmm. And we, we've gotten where we require all of our students to take at least one online uh, course when they're in high school, because we know that whether they go to college or career, they're going to probably either have a training program that's online or they're in college going to need to take uh, some online courses or blended courses, even in courses that are seated now, um, you're using a learning uh, management system and LMS to um, do a lot of your work typically. So um, we want them to have that experience. And so all of our students have that opportunity and along with um, other um, online uh, opportunities as well. Uh, but as far as just, you know, thinking about what we want from them, I think the number one thing that, and it's our number one, we have five things that we um, promote as part of our culture. And the first one is start with questions. And so we want our students not to start with technology, but to start with questions. And the questions that are important that need answering that you want to explore and, and um, go deep with, the technology is going to help you to be able to, to get that information and the, the, um, the knowledge, help to build your knowledge, um, whether it's by doing inquiry on doing a research or connecting with experts in the field or, um, you know, doing some type of survey or data collection or those kinds of things. Technology leverages our skills in all those areas. And, you know, as we think about um, the fact that, that kids today are just so, so tech savvy and typically they, they're so much farther ahead than us as adults, even teachers in the classroom. And uh, I, I think the, the most challenging thing for teachers today is to try to keep up with their students in a digital world. So as you think about working with your faculty and staff, uh, what's that process been over the last several years? As I know you're you're probably in a one-to-one environment and really uh, value those digital tools in the classroom setting. Yeah, we are in a one-to-one environment. Um, all of our students have Chromebooks. Um, and, and I think that you're right that students have grown up with a comfort level around digital, um, the digital lifestyle. I mean, their, their cell phones or mobile devices are like, you know, another appendage practically, practically. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that's just, that's where they're at. But as far as their knowledge of some of the things that uh, maybe are related more to learning with technology, they may not always be up to speed with that. And so our teachers have to still be intentional about helping, not assuming too much, still helping them with that. Um, and then our teachers also have to be comfortable with, hey, I don't have to have all this figured out. I can learn alongside my students uh, on some of this as well. Uh, because, you know, the teacher that wants to have everything under their control and not take any risks, it's really hard to use technology because things can go wrong. Things will go wrong. And there's a problem solving around that that you have to develop. And um, I think for the most part, I've been really, you know, proud of our teachers for taking next steps, like pushing themselves out of their comfort zone a little bit. Um, we aren't, we're in several years into one-to-one, so um, you know, but we really want that to shift instruction and make kids more um, in the driver's seat for them to take more ownership of their learning and not for it just to be um, doing the school the same old way. But now we have a device where we pass, you know, assignments back and forth or worksheets back and forth. We're really trying to get away and move forward uh, from that model. You know, it wasn't too long ago, at least for me personally, I spent 15 years as a superintendent in the state of Illinois, and I remember vividly having, uh, having meetings about budgeting to buy smart boards for the classroom, uh, budgeting to create new computer labs, and mobile devices have just completely changed that mindset, and we all know that the smart board is a teacher device, not a student device, mm-hmm. but as you think about 
just the, the evolution of mobile technology and what you can do with it. It's just fascinating to me. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's a game changer. Um, it's having an impact globally because where in our country education was, um, uh, a, a, a way that we were, um, at a competitive advantage over the rest of the world because of our education system and, uh, in higher education and all that, the access to those kinds of things, the rest of the world now has the ability to, um, by being connected, you know, anybody can learn anything, anytime, anywhere. And we're seeing that in a lot of um, underdeveloped countries where uh, work's being outsourced because those folks will work for so much less and they can learn the skills. They can, the, the knowledge is out there. So it's, it's creating a lot of change. And, you know, when I, in future driven, um, I write a lot about that, um, just how fast things are changing and how important it is to be an adaptable learner today. Um, it's not like it was for my uncle who went to work in the um, GM factory and had a great pension after his career or, um, you know, others who trained maybe for a profession and it didn't, their profession really didn't change much uh, for an entire career. Um, you know, there was maybe some little bit, bits of learning, but now things um, just changed so quickly that that there are massive shifts that happen. It seems like overnight, and kids are going to have to really be able to enjoy learning and be adaptable learners uh, to keep up with that. And I know as a high school principal, you've probably spent a lot of time thinking about what your graduate profile looks like. Um, can you kind of walk us through that, and what's the expectation, you know, in 2018 uh, as compared to, you know, even when you started 10 or 12 years ago? Yeah, I think uh, we really work on those um, those four C's. You know, we want our, our students to be good communicators. Um, we want them to be um, good, good collaborators, good team members. Um, creativity is important, and that's that uh, ability to solve problems, not just be creative like in the arts necessarily, although that's good too, but to be creative and being able to look at problems um, from a lot of different sides and not being, uh, you know, a fixed mindset where I just think there's only one way to do this. And, um, you know, th those are some of the things that um, we're really focused on and uh, that we want to see out of our graduates. And we're trying to create opportunities where um, we really give them opportunities that uh, um, bring the outside world into our school and also allow them to go out into our community um, and make a difference too before they um, graduate. So um, we're still a comprehensive high school, you know, fairly, you know, um, uh, traditional in some ways. We're kind of innovating within the box, as George Kuros would say. Um, but uh, we are, are, we're trying to continue to make those shifts to help students to be ready for um, whatever it is they might face in their future. And you made reference to your book, Future Driven, and it's a fantastic read. I encourage everyone out there, all of our listeners, to run out and buy this book. Uh, just a wonderful uh, look at how we need to change our mindset as school leaders. But the name of the book is Future Driven, Will Your Students Thrive in an Unpredictable World? Can you just kind of tell our listeners, you know, what was the thought process in going about uh, writing this particular book? Well, I think it was really a vision statement um, as much as anything of the things that were on my mind related to um, what I needed to be doing as a leader in our school and sharing some of that journey. Um, we don't have 
um, it all figured out. That's for sure. We're just in a process of trying to grow and get stronger and, and, uh, um, you know, just continue to learn. Uh, but future driven, I, I really just, uh, am thinking forward, trying to think forward and what do we need, um, to prepare our students for the world they're going to live in and not the one we grew up in. It's just so easy, uh, for us to get locked into, um, the way it's always been done, um, and to have a hard time making those shifts to, um, really what is needed for today. And, uh, that, that, these are my ideas, some of my ideas, ones that, uh, I've also, um, you know, just learn from others. That's really a lot of it is just from all of my reading and, and studying and researching related to, uh, the changes that are happening. How does, how do I see that applying and affecting education? And I hope it, um, also, um, is at a personal enough level. I try to write it in such a way that it doesn't just feel like a book about theory, but that it feels like, uh, something that, um, people can connect with and, and, uh, that can help to, uh, them to take next steps forward like I can relate to this I can understand what this is about and I want to do it because I think there's a lot of books in education that are like graduate level books or whatever that really kind of have a disconnect um, to the um, to what people need to be able to change yeah I, I couldn't agree more and, and uh, you know I'm a full-time professor in, in Kentucky you're an adjunct professor I tell people all the time uh, aspiring school leaders and 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 uh, active superintendents and principals, you need to read books by practitioners, the people that are in, in the trenches doing things every day, uh, you know, jump on Twitter. There's always a great idea you can, you can find there. Uh, one of the things that really attracted me to the book was, um, you know, somewhere along the line, you talk about how to, can, how to conquer the status quo. And that's something that, that really I tried to base uh, this show around. And, you know, again, it's 2018 and we still have students sitting in, in straight rows of desks and we have uh, teacher instruction in which we lecture to them. We tell them what to do all day, every day from uh, eight to three, and then we expect them to be critical thinkers as adults. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, what yeah, can we just, we just had a group that just made me think we just had a group of uh, industry leaders into our school the other day and they took a survey of things that they thought were um you know uh, of soft skills we had them do a survey on what they're seeing and initiative the ability of a student to take initiative was the lowest ranked they're in new employees what do you see out of your new employees lowest rank was ability to take initiative and part of that is for their entire school career they've been told exactly what to do when to do it, how to do it, uh, and we don't, we don't, um, in the, the uh, testing uh, craze of the last decade or so has made that even worse, I think, because um, there's so much pressure to get kids to a certain place that we, we, it is command and control, if that's what you, that is one way to do that. You can get good test results through command and control. Um, but, you know, uh, my thinking is to be able to make good decisions, kids need opportunities to make decisions, and we need to uh, pass over more of the ownership and the learning process to our students and really get them empowered. And, and you know, we've been talking a lot uh, the last uh, year or so uh, about uh, student voice and how important it is to listen to kids. I mean, this is their time. This is their school experience. Uh, as adults, we've already been there. So, what can we do to create better schools for kids? Because, you know, you're, you're seeing this uh, continued trend toward charter school movement and more and more people are homeschooling their children. What can we do as public educators to change that narrative? 
Well, public education um, is near and dear to my heart. I realize how important it is, and I know you do too. Uh, and uh, it's, it's critical to our democracy, and it's an economic driver. I mean, a better educated populace is going to be um, a world leader um, in, in, every, in, in every way, especially the right kind of education. Um, again, you see like um, some of these other countries that do so well on the test, you know, that, that do well on the NAEP and different, or, well, it's not the NAEP, but it's the, uh, uh, oh, I forget the name of it, you know, the national testing that comes out every year for us. In our country, it's the NAEP, but then they do all these comparisons. The ones that are at the very top of the heap, though, um, you know, they, they do very well on the, the test, but they don't necessarily do that well as innovators. And our country is very innovative. But if we keep focusing so much on, on the test scores, we're kind of getting it backwards, I think. But, um, you know, we just, I think that that's something that we really have to be careful about is what kind of world are we preparing our students for? And it's a world where creativity and innovation and, um, you know, the ability to adjust rapidly to different conditions is going to be just really important. And, and I think that's very well said. And, uh, you know, as, as I work with, um, teachers that are aspiring school principals and you do as well uh, what's some of the advice you have for those folks I mean uh, I tell people all the time in, in our program here that you know you're not going to find a more challenging position than than school principal and even high school principal you can magnify that by uh, by a thousand because it's a high profile position there's a lot of pressure you can't make everybody happy but in terms of leadership can you share some of your leadership philosophy and, and, and why you've been so successful in your position? Well, I think the first thing is you have to build a team. You have to build a culture. Um, you have to listen to people. Um, you have to work with people where they are and accept them and believe in them. Uh, I think that's one thing is that people get caught up sometimes on uh, performance and they put performance ahead of people or they put programs ahead of people. Um, you always have to put people first and try to build good relationships and trust and um, a culture just of caring and of compassion and of um, uh, togetherness, working together, unity. And so I try to do that. I think that's really important. The other thing that I would give as far as advice um, is the five hour a, a week uh, rule, um, which was something that. Uh, you know, a lot of great thinkers, whether it's Bill Gates, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, you name it. The idea that for at least five hours a week, I'm going to be a learner. I'm going to read. I'm going to study. A lot of what has helped me has been Twitter. Um, I mean, my graduate programs were fantastic. My doctorate degree was excellent uh, professional learning at the University of Missouri. Uh, but then discovering Twitter as a professional learning tool, because initially I was using it some for school, but when I really got, got there for professional learning, um, it was really beneficial to me. And I read uh, quite a few books on the side too, at least five hours a week. And I think that helps leaders to continue to grow and see what the best leaders are doing. That's all I've done. I've just tried to study the best leaders, consistently study what other great leaders are doing, and then apply those things into my life and in our school um, and, and made that part of my practice. So it's just an ongoing thing. You know, I, I have, uh, I've had the good fortune to have numerous conversations with Ted Dennersmith. Uh, he was actually a guest on a previous episode and he just yes. came out with, he came right. out with a new book, what school could be. 
and uh, as a part of one of those conversations, we were talking about, uh, he, he just asked me point blank. He said, how come uh, colleges and universities don't offer a course for aspiring school leaders called How to Change a School? And I couldn't answer that question. And if I could create that, and who knows, maybe we'll, we'll start working on that. What would that look like in your mind? Yeah, that was a great episode. I, I listened to that. Uh, and um, he's doing great work and uh, love all of the uh, most likely to succeed in the book. I haven't read the new book yet, but I'm going to have to get it because um, it definitely it's right up my alley. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, that, I think that's fantastic. I think the change literature is out there, you know, Michael Fullen um, and some others, but as far as how to change a school, I haven't heard of that, that, uh, that particular class, but I think that's a good class, you know, just on, uh, on what that looks like. I think in my doctorate, we had a class specifically about change leadership also, if I remember correctly, but there's so much good. I've read several books this summer, um, on that topic. And it's not just education specific, but I see how some of the things that we're, we do in education are really not, um, they're not in line with what we know about how people change. And so, uh, you know, again, we do it a lot with information like, here's the reasons why we need to do, be different, X, Y, and Z. But what really changes people is connection. Um, the, the feeling, seeing something different, feeling something different, and then making the change. That's why I think it's really important to tell stories um, that, that have a narrative that uh, people can connect with. I try to do that quite a lot in Future Driven, and I think it's good to get people out of your school so that they can visit other, uh, other schools also and get a sense of what they're doing. Um, schools that are on the forefront and and we've also brought I've Skyped leaders in you know different ones into my faculty meetings so they can hear from these other voices there's all these different ways you can help people to move um, but it's 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 got to be something that doesn't just connect with the head it's also got to connect with the heart yeah and again I couldn't agree more I, I think that uh, you know anytime you talk about change it's difficult and, and whenever you talk about change everyone, uh, the first thing that pops out of their mouth is, you know, how's this going to affect me? And, and at some point, we have to put kids first uh, in, in education and create schools that work for kids. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things Eric Schinniger talked to me, uh, taught me a long time ago when I've had opportunity to talk with him. So, um, and, and I'm also fascinated by, uh, I, I don't know if it happened last year or the year before, uh, school leaders were actually going out and spending the day shadowing students and, you know, sit with them and go, well, you know, what's a typical day uh, look like for a, a seventh grade student? And some of the stories that we were seeing that were shared out, uh, you know, may not be attractive to uh, think about that's the way a 12 year old is going to spend their day. So uh, things have to change. And, and I know you're out there leading the charge and you're doing wonderful things. As you go out and speak, what are some of the questions uh, and comments that you're getting about uh, this very thing? Well, one thing that happens sometimes is people assume I'm all about digital, um, that Future Driven is just a book about um, digital transformation and, you know, how do we do that? And that's important to me. I, I'm interested in that, but I just try to help people see that my topic is bigger than that, that this is not just about using devices in your school. In fact, I think there's only a chapter um, in Future Driven that specifically goes at that head on. There, it's woven in there in some other areas too. Um, but it's really about preparing kids 
um, for what they're going to need. What are, how are we getting them ready? Because the purpose of school, not to be, it's not to be good at school. You know, it's not to learn how to play a game really well in school and then get out and have your life. The purpose of school is to be prepared um, to be a fulfilled person, um, not necessarily just a have a job that's successful, which that's important too. But I really want to help people, educators, students, everybody, um, have fulfilling life, and and so that. Uh, that has to, um, you know, be something that's a bigger purpose. That is a bigger purpose than any device or any kind of lesson plan or anything like that. Really helping kids to um, reach their potential. Well, as we wrap up this episode, I certainly want to thank you for your time. And um, if you could tell us where we could uh, get the book and how we can follow you on social media. Sure. The book's on uh, Amazon and on Barnes and Noble. You can pick a, pick up a copy either place. And, um, you know, give me a shout out on Twitter. If you get the book, I use hashtag future driven uh, quite a bit to share things from the book. And I like to hear back from uh, readers also. And uh, I'm planning on doing a Twitter chat in July around the book. So uh, people can get on board with that. And whether you have the book or not, you can join in, kind of see what you think. Um, talk about the future of education and and uh, how we can take next steps because hey the future's today you know the choices we make today are what shapes the future and we want to make good choices for our students and and be fulfilled as educators too so um, I'm at David Guerin on uh, Twitter and uh, that's that's my main social media I'm on the others too but uh, for sure that's where I try to connect and share more than any other place. Well, once again, a big thank you to you and, and for all you're doing uh, in your position, not only as a high school principal, but as a thought leader uh, throughout P-12 education and, and all you're doing to help, um, you know, bring awareness to things that, that continue uh, to be those challenges in, in education that we're going to have to find solutions for. Well, we share that, Greg. You're, you're doing awesome things, too. Thanks for doing this podcast, and uh, I certainly look forward to uh, future episodes. Um, it's good to hear from voices of educators around the country and thank you for helping to magnify those. Well, thank you and, and a big thanks to our listeners for listening to this episode of Reimagine Schools.